Daniel Prude was uh, a resident of a city in up to upstate New York. And one cold winter night, while the snow was falling and the pavement was wet, Daniel had a mental breakdown brought on by mental illness and taking PCP. He lay in the middle of the road, naked, writhing and yelling. The police came along and tried to settle him down, but when they couldn't, they leaned, one of the officers leaned on him and he died. The story has been on my desk for two years because it has reminded me of the Garrison demoniac. Both men are prone to mental illness. Both men have psychotic breaks. Both men were naked. The difference lies in what happened to Daniel and what happened to the Garrison. Daniel, of course, died, and no one even had the empathy to run and get this poor soul a blanket to wrap himself up in, to have a shred of human dignity. The Gerasene demoniac lives in the tombs. He is a corpse because he lives among the dead. But the difference with, the, with this man and Daniel is that the people in the town took care of the man. He must have known when there was going to be, he was going to be unwell because he took himself off to the, to the graveyard. And the people knew when he was going to have a break because they would try to restrain him so he wouldn't hurt himself. Both men in these stories self-inflicted harm. Daniel had glass that he had broken on his body and proceeded to cut himself. The Gerasen man had stones and he would hit himself, I would assume, to try to expel, both men, to try to expel the demons from their bodies. The Gerasene was lucky that Jesus got off the boat after he had just stilled the storm in the previous vignette in Luke, where the disciples are yelling, do you not care about us? Do you want us to die? And of course, Jesus didn't want them to die. And he stilled the storm and all was well. He gets off the boat, comes on shore to be greeted by this man raving at him. And I think for me, one of the most frightening sentences in this story is, what have you to do with me, Jesus, son of God? And Jesus in turn asks him, who are you? What is your name? And he says, I am legion, for there are many. You just can feel the evil dripping out of this man's mouth. And it makes my hair stand up on the back of my neck to think that there is evil everywhere in the world. We can't escape it. As much as we may try to, 
But Jesus, instead of sending the man away, heals him. And when the people come to see what is going on, they find this gentleman, because now he is a gentle man, clothed. I always think he's probably having something to eat because I can't imagine he found much sustenance among the tombs. And what do the people of Gerasene say to Jesus? Go away. They would rather have the man tormented than to be healed because they were fearful of what was going to transpire next. They obviously had an inkling that Jesus' power was so great that it was more than they could comprehend. Excuse me. Those things are frightening. When we don't know something, we can either lean into it or we can run away from it. So they sent Jesus away because the idea of what he offered them was too great for them to accept. The man begs Jesus to take him with him. And Jesus says, no, go back to your home, which makes historians and biblical scholars believe that at some point the man had a life, perhaps a family, a job, but he just kept having these mental breakdowns. So he tells a man to go to his home and proclaim all that God had done for him. And Doug did an excellent job of emphasizing that what happened was the man went out proclaiming all that Jesus had done for him. So we can make the connection that Jesus is divine and God's son. Thinking about this passage and our inability sometimes to see pain right in front of us, to figure out how to nurture another, I also think about myself and how am I willing to embrace everything that God and Jesus promised me? Or am I too afraid? Do I live my life in fear of what I may encounter if I were to say yes. I think for the most part, I really am afraid because it's like stepping off a cliff and we don't know if we're going to fall 10 feet or 500 feet. God isn't gonna miraculously save us if we step off a cliff. He calls us to be wise and to discern what it is he has called us to do. Who are you? Who am I? Those are the major questions that are asked in the Bible. Who are you, Jesus of Nazareth, and what do you have to do with me? That's something I think we all can say at various times in our lives. And sometimes the answer is staring us right in the face, and other times we have to wait and sit and think and pray for an answer that isn't going to come up today or tomorrow, 
It may come up months or years from now. But Jesus will always have something to do with us. Jesus will always be next to us and will always help us in our plans. And sometimes, as we've often heard, that plan is no, not yet, or no, not at all. We've all here been at points in our lives where we've had to make a decision. Do we stay in the marriage or do we leave? Do we major in this in college or that? Do we marry this person? Do we have a child? Do we take that job? These are all decisions that most of us encounter at some point in our lives. It's being able to sit quietly like the man sat at Jesus' feet and understand what it is we are being asked to do and who we are asked to be, not only as individuals, but collectively. We've reached a turning point, I think, here in this parish as to what God is calling us to do. God is calling us to speak out against violence of all kinds. For some, it may be more than they can ask or imagine. For others, they may be fearful. But for those of us who are committed to having love and compassion, like the love and compassion shown to the Gerasene but not shown to Daniel Prude, we are willing to stand up and say no more. Are you willing to go where Jesus is leading you, to the hard places? Are you willing to go to the places that Jesus leads you that are the fun places? Because not all of a faith walk is laborious and mea culpa, mea culpa. A lot of faith is joy and happiness and peace. We have to make sure that we can entertain both sometimes at the same time. The Gerasene demoniac is a wonderful story about redemption, but it's also a wonderful story about a community coming together to be with a person who no one wanted to be with that they cared enough about in a strange sort of way to not let him harm himself. We could look at it as, yes, he was chained up. But I don't think the people were afraid of him per se. I think they were afraid for him. And those are two different things. We know that mental illness is frightening for some. And we tend to shy away from those who are different. But we do see glimmers of success at times. How many of you have met Anton in the parking lot at the church? He walks around, and sometimes he's talking to himself. Well, someone at the Jubilee, one of the caretakers, one of the caseworkers, excuse me, got Anton onto medication. Now he goes once a month and gets a shot. One, and I always made sure I talked to Anton. 
when I saw him, but one day he came up to me in the parking lot and he said, you're the pastor here, aren't you? And I said, I am. He said, I know you and I know who you are. And I, talk, and I said to him, how are you? You look really well. And he said, I'm feeling better. I'm getting ready to move into my own apartment and I'm going to be looking for a job. That is the kind of work that we can do when we see beyond what is in front of us. I keep thinking if those police officers for one moment had put a blanket around Daniel, given him a hot drink, and really talked to him, how different things would have turned out. They may not have been the success that we think of, but at least it would have been a life that wasn't lost. It wasn't a life that was lifeless in the middle of a road. It was a person who was able to pick himself up and hopefully get on the right road. The Gerasene demoniac, we hope and believe and pray, went on to have a life that meant something to him and to his family and those that he encountered. It's not easy work doing this kind, it's not easy doing this kind of work, but we are up to the task. We are able to speak to the vulnerable, care for the least, love the lost. And we have an example in this story today. This story gives us all hope for what is possible when we think about who we serve and why we're here. Amen.